0: I want to spend a little bit time here, just, this is kind of, uh, here we are in the living room, family time, and, and this is the locker room, you know, I, I said this earlier, I know, <laughs> with half the people that were here, <laughs> so for the other half, that you could hear it twice in the other half, I just reiterate that this is the locker room, this is the place where, where we, this is not the church, this isn't where we go to church, uh, we are the church. We release his love day in and day out uh, in our homes, in our workplaces, wherever we are. But this place right here is a beautiful place that we gather together. We get to encourage each other, strengthen each other, we worship the Lord, we hear what the Lord is doing, and I believe he gives us direction on the things that are that are happening. <laughs> There's the light. So I want to I ask you this question. You guys think we're in a good place right now in the U.S.? <laughs> you think everything's going great? Anybody think that, like, things are awesome right now? Things are just going well? <laughs> I know they're awesome in one sense of like, yeah, we're, we're doing kingdom work. But if you look around, there's chaos, there's unrest. There, uh, there's so much going on. And, uh, and, then, and then you look at just kind of the state of, of America, and, and we're in a place where uh, <laughs> abortions are still happening. We're seeing, I mean, close to a million babies that are being killed every year, which is it just, I mean, I know it breaks the Father's heart and it should break our heart. And, if, and the fact that people go, well, but that's the mother's choice, and I'm not gonna get into this today, but I'm like, dude, wake up. It's, it's quite evident that these are, these are babies, <laughs> that they might be in the womb, but they are alive. And how do we justify in a nation the killing of innocent babies that have no voice? This is just one thing. I mean, by the way, I'll probably offend you all this morning. So, you know, you'll all clap at different times. That's okay. Um, I, I love you, but I'm not here to please you. And, and uh, Jesus is the rock of offense. So let's get offended. <laughs> There's some, I think sometimes it's this, these things have to be spoken that just kind of stir our hearts a little bit that we go, oh, yeah, like we have to wake up in this season. We have been asleep, like, like with abortion. It's not being talked about in the churches. It's not being addressed. There, I mean, there's gender neutralization in a nation where you can pick whether you want to be a boy or a girl. At, at the age of like six, I think that's the age now where they've determined like, okay, like in first grade, now you can determine. I, I we had our, our seventh grader, Reichen, I, my, he's, he comes to me and he's like, hey, how do I answer these questions? One of the questions is, what's your sexual preference? I'm like, what, what is this? And there was a number of other questions along with that. And, and it's like, what, this is what's happening in our schools. And and I and I go when are we going to stand up to this stuff? The church has been so quiet. We have not been a voice. We haven't said no. That is not truth. Your gender identity is not based on who you think you are. It's based on who you were created to be. Like there is something that we have to go where did, and you look at it and you go this is absurd. This is crazy. Yet people believe it. And you go, how do people believe this? Because there's a veil. It's not that they want to be in a lie. It's because they don't know the truth. Well, whose fault is that? It's our fault. It's the church's fault. We have been silent for how many years? We've let things happen. We've... We've, been in, we've indoctrinated our children with lies because we have not stood up as mothers and fathers. Here's the thing. Mothers and fathers bring accountability into situations. They walk alongside people. It's, teachers are great. Teachers are important. And teachers will, will speak truth. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, but it's your choice. You do what you want to do. But a mom and a dad, I am not gonna go to my kid, hey, don't run out in the middle of the street, but it's your choice if you do. I'm gonna grab them and be like, dude, you are not running out in the middle of the street. And let me show you why. <laughs> and, and because I love them. And this is where love comes in. We have not been loving. We have not been a loving church. And I, and I know this is like bang, 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 church, church. like, but. But guys, it has to start here. It has to start with the church. We can't, we are very good at blaming, right? Oh, I can't believe this is happening in our nation. Well, guess what? It's our fault. It's, it's no one else's fault. If we don't share the truth, if we don't declare these things, who's going to do it? The, the non-believers? They don't know the truth. It's the truth that sets people free. But there has to be somebody that actually gives them the truth. And we are the church. We're the voice. We're his voice now on this earth. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We walk in power. And when we open our mouths, we should be revealing truth. The Holy Spirit says he reveals all truth to us. If he's revealing truth to us, why aren't we revealing truth to the world? Because we want to love them, but not hurt them, not offend them. We don't want to. We don't want to create any, 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 anything between us. I want to. I see somebody doing something, and I'll be like, "Oh, I, I, they shouldn't do that. That's gonna. That's not gonna end well." But then when I talk to them, I'm like, "Hey, how you doing? I hope hope you're doing all, you're well, doing well. I'm praying for you. You know. And that's it. No, we need to call it out. Now let me say, this doesn't mean go up to a like somebody that is a non-believer and just start blasting them with truth. <laughs> like, this is not what I'm talking about. We do need to love them. But, but even like, it is, it's... But we also have to stand for the truth. And so even at the... I, I know I'm going to kind of go back and forth here, but like, there's a level of like one-on-one. And look, this is happening in the church. There's so much happening in the church that is not of God. I mean, we're seeing... <laughs> We're, I think the divorce rate in the church is like, it's crazy, and, and I understand there's situations you can justify, whatever. I'm not gonna get into the details of it, but here's the thing, God hates divorce. Bottom line, he hates it. And I know I'm talking to like half the people in here, uh, including my dad, <laughs> who's, who's been through a divorce. God does not hate the people. He does not hate the people But he hates the divorce because God has made two. He brought them together to be one flesh. And that is God's purpose and his plan. And when we break that up, we're tearing apart something that has become one flesh. And God goes, I hate that. That's not my character. It's not my will. It's not my desire. Now, I get it. Things happen. And there's, you know, there's justifications for it. And there's legitimate justifications for it. When there's there's a marital unfaithfulness, like there's, it's, it's, it says, yeah, like, you have the right to do this. It, it doesn't mean necessarily that you go, okay, well, then I'm going to do it. I, I think what you do is you ask the Lord what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to handle that. But I think what I've seen in the church as well is it's, it, I mean, if, if you're just not getting along or if, 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 and this is the same inside or outside the church, it's like, hey, we're just, we just lost our love for each other. Dude. <laughs> Get over yourself, because it's not about you. It's all about Him. This story that you're living right now is not for you. The story that's being written in your life is not for you. It's for His glory. So when we get, it, when we get that understanding, it, we get over ourselves and realize that we have a greater purpose to actually live for Him. And we're called to lay down our lives. Lay them down. Let me, let me read this. This will... I read this actually at a FEC meeting. I don't know if you know what FEC is, but um, <laughs> I knew it stirred. I knew it stirred up people in there. But I think it'll stir us up as well. This is, and actually Andrew had a uh, pastor Andrew. He had a dream that really tied into this. That I feel like there's we're moving into a season right now. We're moving into some things where there's there will be people that come against us. There will be people that maybe are your friends, right, or your friends right now that probably maybe they won't be your friends. But guess what? When they blast you, when they come against you, you're going to love them. And this is bringing truth into a situation. But listen to these words. I tell you who hear me, this is the words of Jesus. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. You guys all do that right now? (laughs) I'm with you. It's not an easy thing to do. This is a teaching of Jesus, this is a command of the Lord. Here's the thing this is truth. And, And what truth does is it brings us into a place of freedom. It may not look like it, and you may justify it in every which way, it doesn't matter. Your ways are not his ways. His ways are higher than your ways. So get over your ways and get onto his ways. Now's the time. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone takes your, your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. You're like, that sounds good until they actually take it, right? You're like, oh, he's gonna pay. <laughs> Hopefully you'll remember this verse. The Holy Spirit's going to quicken you and you're going to remember these words in addition to the constellate, don't constipate. (laughs) Give to everyone who asks you and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. But then listen to this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? You know, we're always like, oh, man, yeah, we're, we love, we, you know, we're called to love, and we love our brothers. We're loving the ones that are around us that are like, have the same mindset we do, the same thinking we do. Like, we're like, yeah, we're, we're good Christians. They're going to know us by our love because we're just loving each other. <laughs> Here's what it says. Even the sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even the sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great. And then, listen to these words, and you will be sons of the Most High.
1: You want to be sons of the Most High?
0: Walk in obedience do what he says, do his commands. We go, well, no, he just loves us. We just love him. Jesus says, this is how I'll know if you love me, if you do my commands. That's it. He doesn't say, and if you do this, no. If you do my commands, then you love me. If you don't do my commands, you don't love me. It's really that simple. Might not be that easy, but it's that simple. We are having a little light show out here. <laughs> we're gonna dance at the end, this is, we're just warming up. <laughs> so there's, You've heard of the seven mountains, and uh, Lance Walnut talks about it. And I think here's the thing I've seen is, in each of these areas, and there's media, government, there's education, economy, family, religion, and then arts and entertainment. And uh, I believe the church has actually, for the most part, even, even in the religious mountain, has, has stepped back from an authoritative position. You know, we've ca- we're called as to be kings and priests. What do kings and priests do? We rule. We write. We declare. We prophesy. We speak truths. We, we lead. And, and this is what the church is called to. Yet what we've done is we've, we've pulled back. And in all these realms, what's happening now is the next generation is being raised up by the media, by the government, by education, by economy, by family, by religion, and by the arts and the the entertainment, but not in a godly way. You look at the television, Christian and I were talking about this, you look at television, what has happened? I mean, you go you know back 30 years and you got Family Ties and the Bill Cosby Show and all the, you know, I don't know. the Like, even back before then, which is like, you know, you got the Leave it to Beaver and <laughs> my dad raises him. <laughs> What's the Wild West one, the um, Gunsmoke? Yeah, <laughs> so, the Nelson, I don't even know what the Nelsons are, that's before my time. <laughs> But but things have shifted, and and you have I mean you have and and look I'm going to address gay and lesbian things I we love every person but guess what I don't condone what is being done it is not of the Lord and it is sin sorry if you don't agree with me read the Word
1: Uh, but
0: (laughs) it's it's the way it is it's not that we don't love the person if someone's an alcoholic. I don't, wipe, I don't say, well, they're out of here. I love them, but I'm not, I don't want them to stay in that place. It leads to destruction. In, in the same way, the things that, I mean, I hope that's okay, cousin. Uh, but I, I had a cousin that, that uh, for a period of time, she, she said that she was going to be a lesbian. And she just said, this is the life that I'm going to live. And I remember just walking alongside her and my heart just broke for her. And I just, I got to pray with her and pray for her. And I, and my words to her were, I love you. I don't, I don't agree with what you're doing. It's wrong and it's, it's destructive. It will lead to death, but I love you and I'm gonna pray for you. And, and uh, it was a period of time. And, and now she's married to a Christian man. They've adopted a child. They have uh, like, We don't hate the sinners, but we do hate the sin. And we do need to call it out. And here's the thing, we don't just go, well, I hope they figure it out. I'm gonna stop right there. I want, you, I want you to see this video. I think this will kind of bring some things home. So if you can play that video. This is John Bevere, by the way. Look, check it out. Labradoodle. What? Yeah, right down there. Oh. I love good breed. It's so good. Yes. Half lab, half moodle. Wait, what? Incredible. Moodle? Yeah. No, that's not a thing ever. No, no, it totally is. Uh, a Moodle. Isn't that isn't that Dave from Econ? Oh yeah. What is he doing up here? He's, he's probably just enjoying the view, man. Wait, isn't, isn't Dave blind? <laughs> we gotta warn him. Hey, hey Dave. Whoa, whoa, whoa bro. What are you doing? You, can, you can't just tell Dave what to do. Wait, why? Are you blind? Uh, no. Okay, so that you don't know what Dave's gone through. You can't really relate to him, man. Just, just, just let him be. He's totally fine. He's literally slipping right now. Yeah, okay, you're gonna you're gonna get all up on him for for slipping. Like everyone slips from here and there. I don't it's care no if he slips. slips. I'm just trying to keep a guy from falling off a cliff. No, no. Okay, listen. What what I think you need to do right now is you just need to love him. You need to not point out. What does that have to do desist? with anything? It has everything to do with everything. Okay, like if you. Point out his weaknesses, he won't feel loved, he won't feel accepted. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep a guy from going off the cliff. No, he's not, not even stopping. You, hey, you Dave, no, whoa, Stop it, stop it, stop it. When you speak out against blind people, so what many people will be upset wrong with, with, you? with you. No, so many people won't like you. But also, what if what if he, he doesn't no. like us anymore? You've ever thought about that? Dave will be dead. Hey, no Dave! no, Dave! Someone, is someone there? Huh? Yeah! Hey Dave, how's it going? It's nice. Uh, it's Let's go. Oh hey man. Stop doing this for days. Maybe you can help me out. I seem to have lost a trail somewhere. You you want to tell me if I'm going the right way? Hey. He is lost. Yes. You're right. We we should still just encourage him. Yeah yeah hey yo, Dave you know you're doing great man. Uh, you know I love that you're out here man too. I'm proud of you being out on this trail. You're doing great man. You're doing great. Okay, thanks, man. I guess I the right way. Watch, I'll figure it out. Just gotta love him through his problems. Yeah, you got it, man. We don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to hurt someone's feelings. We don't want to step out and possibly you know, make life difficult. Uh, and we don't want to lose friendships. <sighs> I think we need to get a different understanding of what love means. And, and I think now is the time. We, there was a word from uh, Chuck Pierce. And he said this. Uh, this was back in December of last year, uh, right here. He said it right here. <laughs> this is what he said. Uh, he said, "There's two mantles this year." And here's here's the first one. He said, "Healing is coming on the bride throughout the entire state." And he says, "Then I am going to decree that the bride in this state is going to rise up to make decrees." that will not only change this land, but will change the course of America. Decrees, what a decree is, 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 it's something that's made by the king. It's a truth that's made by the king, but we are called as his ambassadors to actually decree the things of the Lord, which means that we need to know his ways and his truth and then we are to declare them and decree them on the earth. What does that do? That begins to shift the direction of things that are, if we're going one direction and we declare something, we decree something of the king, when the king makes a decree, there's a shift that happens. He doesn't make a decree if it's already going that direction. Decrees are made to actually change direction. And, and, and it's when we begin to speak his truth, it's not speaking our truth. It's not speaking our our thought process of things or why how we think things should be. It's not it's not Democrat or Republican. It, it's, it's kingdom. Uh, you know, there was a word I shared on Wednesday, um, a pastor up in Boulder, and he saw, he saw this. It was an amazing vision. He shared this with me, and then he shared it on the call on Monday with all the pastors. And he says, I saw, I saw these two rams up on, this, on the mountain, and they were going head to head and just like bashing each other. And, and one was red and one was blue. And he's like, and they were going to kill each other. And then he said, that He saw a lion come down from the top of the mountain. And that lion stepped down as they were just going at it and the lion began to roar and everything stopped and he heard these words it's my blood it It is for the blood of Jesus that we need to love and we need to love with truth there are both sides I can tell you both sides are Both sides don't have it figured out. Jesus has it figured out. One side has it figured out a little more than the other, but no more. (laughs) I'm not saying what side. I just said one side. (laughs) There are truths that are godly truths that we need to take a stand on. We need to stand up now more than ever. If we don't, you think our generations are not gonna continue to go down and go down quickly? You think that we're raising up, I mean, we have a generation that doesn't know God, that is already now raised up, that is now raising up the next generation. We're the minority, but we are still kings and priests. And when we step into that place of authority, we actually have the ability to take authority. We have power. It goes beyond the things of this world. Let me, let me share with you this, this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10. It says, this is, this is Paul saying this. He goes, I ask that when I, uh, when I am present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I intend to be courageous against some. And <laughs> this is, okay, blah, 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 blah. Make it to verse three. For though we walk in, in the flesh, We do not wage battle according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful. For the destruction of fortresses, we are destroying arguments and all arrogance that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. This is where we step in. And we... (laughs) We don't, it's not just prayer. We do pray, but we declare these things. We speak these things out. We, we do it in the, we need to do it in the schools. We need to do it in the government. We need to do it in the church. We need to start speaking truth. And it's going to start with us. And this goes back to, I'm going to, I can't stress strong enough. Mothers and fathers. If you want to love people, if you want to love the next generation, then you better start speaking out. You better not be like the guy up here that says, what are they going to think? They're not going to like us anymore. No, we're just going to encourage them. They'll figure it out. Look, they're not going to figure it out. How do you figure it out? Truth. You have to reveal truth. Jesus says in John 17, sanctify them. This is his prayer. Sanctify them by the truth. And then he says, my word is truth." The word of God is truth. So this needs to be the sword. This is what we come in with. And guess what? Jesus said, I don't come to bring peace. Now there's other areas where he's talking about peace, but it's not the peace of the world. He never came to bring peace to this world. Ever. (laughs) There's a misunderstanding of peace. He actually says, I came to bring the sword. He came to divide families. You go, what? There is a, if, if truth has to prevail over a relationship with others. Bottom line. We still love, but we love in truth. And if it comes down to, I want to keep a relationship or I'm going to walk in truth and I'm going to speak the truth. Guys, we better start speaking the truth we better start walking in truth. But it's gonna hurt a relationship that I have. And God calls me to love. He calls you to love in truth. You love outside of truth, it's not love. It's not. Okay, I hope, I hope this is hitting you as much as it's hitting me. Psalm 119, 160 says this, the sum of your words, this is David, the sum of your word is truth. Every one of your righteous rules endures forever. We need to get his truth in our hearts so that we can reveal the truth to generations to come. And we need to begin to raise up a generation that knows the truth. We're we're kind of at a last stand right now for Believe, And I want to, this is another thing, I'm, I'm going to end here quickly, but um, there's something else I need to share and, with this. Actually, let me, let me lighten it up for a second. Here's, here's a joke. <laughs> you guys ready for this? It ties into this. Um, I, I, I think I shared this probably three or four years ago, but we just remembered it, and So there's a priest and a pastor from from the local area, and they're standing by the side of the road, and they're holding up a sign that reads, The end is near. Turn around now before it's too late. So they planned on holding up the sign with each passing car, and as the first car sped by, the man yelled out, Leave us alone, you religious nut! From around the curb, they heard screeching tires and then a big splash, (laughs) The priest turned to the pastor with a concerned voice and he said, You think we should have just put a sign up that says bridge is out? <laughs> Come on, that's funny. <laughs> but that's here's this is the response that we think we get. It's that's that, leave us alone, you religious nuts. Like, no, we're actually holding something up that says, guys. Turn around now. If you're continuing in that lifestyle, if you're walking into sexual immorality, if you're walking in pornography, which, man, pornography is one that is destroying lives. If we're, if you're walking in that, first of all, before we can before you can take the speck out of your brother's eye, we gotta get the plank out of our own eye. There are things in our own life, whether it's that, whether it's there's, there's other things. I know there's those hidden things in our life. We need to expose them. And if we're going to be mothers and fathers that say, imitate me as I imitate Christ, let's get to that place. Let's walk into holiness. Let's get the truth. The truth sanctifies us. The truth purifies us. It's not love that purifies us. It's his truth. We go, well, if, he, if I just receive his love. No, you need his truth. You have to walk in His truth. You have to walk in it, not even just know it. You have to actually walk in it. He says, Those that walk in my commands, that live in my commands, those are the ones that love me. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. He's the truth. Now we know His love, but He's he's making a point here, a strong point. He is truth. In 1 John, it says that he's light. In John 1, it says that, that he's the word. He's the word, he's light, he's truth. He's the one that we have to look to. And we have the word of God and we have the Holy Spirit and they're all connected as one. And when we, when we, when we take hold of this truth and we begin to live this out, there is actually an abundant life. It's, it's not like he's waiting to pound us. He's not, he's not going, Well, I've given them these laws and I'm waiting for them to make one mistake. Bam! (laughs) I think, you know, we laugh there, but there is such a mentality too in the church. There is a, there's the other side of this that probably needs to be addressed. That Jesus says this, he he feeds 4,000 people miraculously. And then they, they get in a boat together and the disciples are going, ah, we forgot to bring bread just after he's literally fed 4,000 with like nothing and uh, done this miraculous thing. And, and Jesus says something uh, really important there. As the Pharisees and Sadducees are kind of coming against him um, and, and they're calling him out just after he did a miracle. They're like, hey, we want to see a miracle. He's like, I'm not going to show you a miracle. You just saw one. <laughs> but, uh, but this is what he says. He says, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Yeah. And, and I just, I just want to, this is kind of the other side of this, be very careful. The yeast of the Pharisees is that religious spirit that can rise up. Yeah. That like, oh, you're not living the ways of the Lord. And, and, uh, but, but in a condemning way. And, uh, so there's a, there's a real fine line between we speak the truth, we speak the truth in love, but we speak it out. We have to declare it. And uh, but then there's the religious side of things where, where man, it, it can, it's like condemnation. It, it, it's not even, it's not life-giving, it's death. The, and, this is, and then the other side of it is you have in the East of Herod, and that's that, that political spirit. Man, we cannot allow the political spirit or that religious spirit to take hold. If either of them do, it is, it is, ugh, it is death but we speak life. And here's the thing, the very words that God has for us, the very truths that he has, the, the commands that he has, the teachings that he gives us, it's so that we can walk in abundant life. It's not so that we can like, well I guess I'll have to do it while I'm on this earth and this is horrible, no, it's actually the, it's like, it's, it's kinda like when you're driving down the road and there's like, you're coming around a, a curve and there's guardrails and then there's these signs that, that, that you know, you'll see that maybe it has like a swervy thing. And then it'll have a reduced speed. That's, that's a warning. It's, a, it's a saying, hey, watch out. Slow down. You're coming around a curve right now. What do, what do we do? We're like, I don't need to abide by any of those rules. Like, God loves me no matter what. And we just go plowing through. We go around the curve at 90 miles an hour and go flying, off the cur- go flying through the guardrail and off, and we're like, God, why didn't you protect me? Because I did. I put the guardrails up. I gave you the signs. I gave you my teachings. I gave you the stuff that you, that you need to follow, and when you do, you stay on the road. You don't die. You don't go flying off. I, I, I remember when I was back in high school, um, I've been a skier all my life since I was four. Loved to ski. And I uh, haven't done it enough lately. Now it's ridiculous. Uh, but but uh, I remember just in my high school years, like, you know, you go in with your friends, and, uh, and of course, you want to be rebellious, right? You want to be the ones like, we want to do the things that we're not allowed to do. Uh, and what does that mean? That means like wherever, wherever it's roped off, what are you going to do? You're going to go under the rope. You're going to, That's exactly where you want to go. And then where those, those poles are, like they're out in the middle of the, of the slopes, and they're sticking there like, I want to go right through them. And, uh, <laughs> but what are they there for? They're there for protection, right? They're there to go, hey, there's probably a rock on the other side of this. And if it's, if it's roped off, it's probably because like, hey, you know, there's an avalanche. There's a chance for an avalanche. Or there's, you know, maybe there's not enough snow. And, and it's, it could be, you know, you could get hurt, and uh, that's why these things are set up. But I remember go- doing this, and, and we would you know, we'd go and nothing would happen. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, I don't know why they put this rope there. This is fresh powder. <laughs> like These other idiots that are abiding by the rules, they're missing out on this cool stuff. Until the one time that it doesn't go so well. And then you realize, oh, now I know why they put the guardrails up. Now I know why they, they put that rope up. It's so I didn't get hurt. It's so that, that it protects me. That's, and this is the thing I think in our lives is we're going, we're going, and we think, oh yeah, it's fine. I'm not abiding by the rules. I'm not abiding by his teachings. God's good. He loves me. Everything's good. I don't, I don't need that. I can walk in whatever, sexual immorality, unfaithfulness, pornography, you name it—all the stuff that. Look, those things are up there for a reason, and you, and eventually, when you play with fire, you're going to get burned. And and the very best that he has for us is when we know his truths. That that scripture in John, excuse me, in John 8, where it says, "Know the truth, and it'll set you free." The verse right before it is so critical, and it just ties right in. You need to know that. It says. Uh, um, right before it, it, says, if you hold to my teachings, then you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and it will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, and holding doesn't mean just knowing, it's walking in it. So when you walk in my teachings, then you are truly my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and it will set you free. The last thing I just want to share, I was was going through the Old Testament and I was seeing, I mean, this is not a new concept for us. You look at Moses, I'm just going to read a few scriptures here. In Deuteronomy 6, this this is what's stated here. He goes, these are the commands, the decrees and the law that the Lord your God has directed me, Moses is talking here, to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So here they are. They're going to cross the Jordan. And Moses is saying, look, all these things that that I have for you, all these teachings, these decrees, these commands, these laws, this is for you as you cross over into the Jordan. You're going to need this stuff or you're not going to make it. And he says this, so that your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God as long as as you live By keeping his decrees and commands that I give you. And then he says, so that you may enjoy long life. So all of these things, all of these things that he gives us, the guardrails, the plans, the, 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 the truths, are so that we can enjoy long life. He goes, hear Israel and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God... Of your ancestors has promised you. Jesus has come to give us abundant life. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. When we walk in his ways, we get abundant life. When we don't walk in his ways, we do not get abundant life. It does not go well. It gets really choppy. And I, you know, people come up and they're like, Man, I'm really struggling here. I'm, this is going on. I'm like, man, we need to do a reset that we're walking in his ways. Now look. Walking in his ways also means you're going to get persecuted. You're going to, like, there's, there's going to be people that come against you. Things are going to happen there. So don't think that, well, if I, if I walk in his ways, like, it's just smooth sailing from here on out. <laughs> That's a lie, too. But he is going to be your strength. He is going to be your hope. He's going to be the one that strengthens you and comes alongside you and leads you through the storms. When we abide in him, when we walk in his ways, abiding is not just sitting back and and singing songs to him and, and having glory moments. Abiding is actually living his way, living in his truths. Joshua, Joshua's the guy that actually goes across, that takes the new land. And man, amazing things happen. But let me see, let me show you here. It says, this is what the Lord says to him. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth.
1: Meditate on it
0: day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. He set him up for success, but he says, but you better understand my word. Meditate on it day and night. Know it. It's not like you read it once and you go, I got it and I'm going to go do my stuff. We have to get it in our heart. We got to meditate on it. Know his ways, know his will, know his plans. Now we have the Holy Spirit that reveals all truth to us. But we need the word, we need spirit. It says the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. It doesn't even say love. No, we worship in spirit and in truth. Those are the things we walk in. Now, love and truth, they're connected. They're closely connected. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Without love, we have nothing. So not discounting love.
1: But I, I think we've hit on love so
0: much that we've actually missed the truth. Uh, so this is the part that, that was hitting me. So here's, you've got Moses, you have, you have Joshua, and, and, and the Lord is making it so clear, know my ways. When you get into like Gideon, you know the story of Gideon. With, uh, you know It goes from 32,000 men, the Lord takes them all the way down to 300, up against 135,000 men. That's a big difference. <laughs> If if in the world's eyes, I'll be on the 135,000 side. The truth is, you wanna be on God's side. Doesn't matter how many people there are. He had 300, and he overtook 135,000. You know how he did it? The Lord just, the Lord ambushed them. Wait, no, 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 am I confusing him? I've been been reading so much. Uh, What's that? Yeah, that's right, that was the torch, yeah, yeah, that's, so they, they break the lights, they confuse the army, and they destroy themselves, right? I, I was thinking, so another one is Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, this is the one that's so cool, they're all so cool, um, <laughs> but with Jehoshaphat, there's, there's a, a massive army, It it's as, big as, as great as the sands, and, and they're coming against him, and, and this is what they do in the end, is, is the Lord ambushes them. Two of the armies fight against one, so there's three armies that are all coming together against Judah. Two of the armies fight against one of, one of the armies and they destroy, they annihilate that army. And then the two turn on each other and they annihilate each other. And then the Israelites come over the, come over the hill to see what's going on because they think they're going to walk into a battle. Every single one of them is dead. Not, it says not one survived. <laughs> That's the Lord. But let me, let me back up and show you. In each of these cases, this is what happened. It's with Gideon, with Asa's another one that's an amazing story, with, with Jehoshaphat. They, it says that they took down the high places. It says they tear down the, the altars to Baal and they cut down the Asherah poles. That was Gideon. Same thing with Asa, it says, uh, Asa did what was good and, and right in the eyes of the Lord. He removed the foreign altars in the high places, he smashed the, sac- the sacred stones, and he cut down the asher poles. What is that, what are, what are we doing there? What's, what's that referring to? These are the idols, these are the things, these are the things that are not true, false gods, and we replace them with the truth. We, so this is where we take those things down and we replace them with truth. So it happens, Jehoshaphat, same thing. It says his heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Asherah from Judah. And then it says, and they taught throughout Judah, um, taking with them the book of the law of the Lord. And it says, and the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the land surrounding Judah so that they did not make more war with Jehoshaphat. Now, they did eventually, and that's the story I just told you about, how the Lord came before them. But in all three of those cases, this is what the Lord was highlighting to me, is that that they took down the Asherah They took down the Baal gods. They took down the things that would raise themselves above God. They took down the false idols, but they took down false truths. There are also five kings there's 39 kings in all after, uh, after David and after, after Solomon. So you have Saul, then you have David, then you have Solomon, and then the kingdom splits. And, uh, and you have the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. And, and so from that point on, there's 39 kings that rule either from Israel's side or from Judah's side until, until you have the Assyrians take out Israel, then you have the Babylonians take out, take out Judah. Um, But in those 30, with those 39 kings, the the three that I talked about, they're they're amazing. You have, or Josiah, I didn't talk about Josiah, but Josiah, Asa, and and Jehoshaphat, um, like those were the ones that took down the idols. But there were five others. Let me just say, all the others, besides the five and the three, all the others, it said they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And then it talked about like what happened and didn't go well for them. Uh, but there were five, and this is the part that I'd never seen before. There were five where it says this. It says so. I'll just kind of generalize it uh, from a timing standpoint. We're going to wrap up, but catch this. It's what's that? So I'll. You can write these down if you want. and Go back to them. Second um, Kings ten 30. 2 Kings twelve. Verses 2 and 3, 2 Kings 14, verse 3, 2 Kings 15, verse 3, and 2 Kings 15, verse 34. And they basically all say the same thing. So these are all kings. These are kings of Judah. And this is what they say. So, and they, word for word, this is what they say. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father. Whoever it was who was right before them. So he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father. And then it says, however, the high places were not removed, and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. Five times this happens. And in each one of those cases, it does not go well for those kings. And you go, well, wait a minute. And I hadn't seen this before, because I go, look, Lord, they, they did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Like, they lived a life that was godly, but here's what they didn't do. They did not speak truth. They were kings, and they did not do the very thing that they were called to do. They were to go out, and they were to remove the Asherah They were to remove those high places that people were, were sacrificing to, that people were worshiping to. It was their place to remove those things. Guess what we're called? Kings and priests. We cannot just live lives that are godly and live in our own little bubble. We are actually commanded to speak the truth and to take down the astrophils and to take down the idols and to take down the false gods. To not allow those things to actually affect the generations to come. Right? Come on, stand up. I'm going to just pray over you guys. Say this. Ephesians 5:3 says but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual of any sexual immorality any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people uh, I, as we leave this place I just this is I feel like the response that we need to have in our hearts one i believe there are things in our own life right now that we need some we need to take hold of the truths And we need to make some adjustments in our own life. Not just for us, but for the generations to come. We need to make those shifts in our own life. And look, God will help us through it. The Holy Spirit will give us strength to do these things. You don't have to fight these things on your own, but begin to walk out of those things. And begin to walk into his truths. He'll reveal his truths to you. And as as we walk in those commands, as we begin to walk into those things, and look, we mess up. Let me just say, we mess up. I get it. This is where the grace of God comes in. and But we run back to him. We don't use grace to walk in sin. We use grace to empower us to come out of sin. To strengthen us so that we, don't, we aren't a slave to sin anymore. We're a slave to righteousness. We become, we become righteous ones. We become holy ones. And the truth purifies us. So let his truth as you dive into this word, as you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, let it purify your hearts. And and let me say, for those of you who do not know Christ, first step is that you just say yes to him. He is so good. He's so loving. He's so kind that he will come and he'll minister to you. But don't do it alone. You need mothers and fathers. And this is what we're missing in the church too. People come into the kingdom, they accept Christ, and then we say, good luck. We need to come alongside those. We need to be the ones that say, ah, hey, you're about to step off the cliff. Don't do it. Those are the mothers and fathers. Those are the ones that love you so much that they're gonna speak truth into your life. I wanna say, if that's you, if I just, I would encourage you, maybe talk to someone next to you or come up and talk to me. First step is just to, to surrender your life to the Lord, to give your life to the Lord. And it's a beautiful thing. He has an abundant life for you. But if, that, if you're in that place right now, and that's for all of us, we need to step into a deeper place of purification in our lives. We don't have time to mess around with the things that are not of the Lord. We don't have time to dabble in these things that are eventually going to take us down. They're destructive. They lead to death. What does it take? It takes a place, a heart of repentance. It takes that place to say, God, I don't want it anymore in my life. I want to surrender to you. I want to step out of that. I want to step into the fullness of what you have for me. And then the next place is as we do that, as we step out of that place, and as we step into his fullness, that we don't go, well, now I got it. I'm good. I'm hunkered down. I'm just waiting for the end. Jesus, it's you and me. No. Now we take what we've been given, and we freely give. And we become the mothers and fathers that, that hold out our hand and that raise up others. So, Father, right now, I thank you every person here, for everyone watching online, Lord, I ask you say, Holy Spirit, you are the convictor of our hearts. Lord, would you convict our hearts in those areas where there's impurities, where there's things that are not of you. Lord, that we wouldn't stumble through life, we wouldn't walk in darkness, but Lord, we would walk in the light, in the fullness of the light. Lord, so that we can have that abundant life. Lord, I pray for that spirit of wisdom and revelation that, Lord, I just saw that you live at the beginning of the service, you're unlocking hearts, you're unlocking doors, you're opening things up to pour yourself in, Lord, I thank you, you're pouring your love in, I think you, you're pouring your truth into us, you're revealing yourself to us, and Lord, I pray that you would also, in that, as we, as there's a purification that happens in us, as we sanctify ourselves. Lord, by your word, by your ways, by your spirit, Lord, this is the time that we would rise up. And it says in the glory of the Lord, rise upon us. Lord, may your glory rise upon us as we rise up. The kingdom is not a matter of talk, it's of power. Lord, may we walk in your power. May we speak with your power. May we boldly, courageously, Declare the very truths that need to be spoken in the schools, in government, in the church, in our homes, in every place. May we do it, and may we do it with love. But may we do it with a fierce boldness. Lord, I pray we rise up for this occasion. There is a trumpet blast going forth. There is a calling for his people to rise up. May we be those that rise up to the occasion. May we be those that actually save a generation. Lord, I ask you for that anointing to be upon us, for that strength to be upon us. We are here for such a time as this, and it's not about our lives. It's not about saving our own lives. It's about giving our lives for others. So Lord, make us fearless, that we hold nothing for ourselves, but we lay it down and we give it to you, that you would give us your life, that we could hold that out for others. May we fight for others. For those that don't know the truth. In Jesus' name, and everyone said it. Amen. God bless you. I love you. If you want prayer, you can come up. If you want if you don't know Jesus, I would ask you to come up. Surrender your life to him. It's the best place to be, and it's the start. Have an awesome week.